The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Fountain Hills, Arizona, and I'm telling you, it is the most gorgeous day today. It's really hard. I almost took this radio show out on the patio for the day because it's so lovely out there. Take Today's show is sponsored by Valentis Brand New Slim Roast Coffee. If you need to lose weight, contact me. I've lost six pounds in two weeks with Slim Roast. And you know what? Others are doing the same, and some are losing even more than that. And besides that, it's great coffee, a little stick of instant coffee in the morning, and you really aren't hungry, um, and you're satisfied much fuller, so if, much fuller, much sooner. So, you know, if you have a weight problem, let me know. You can contact me at ireneconlon at gmail.com. My name, Irene Conlon at gmail.com, and I'll tell you how you can get some of this. It's the best stuff I've ever had, and I've been trying on this problem for a very long time. Go to the self-improvement blog and take a look at our guest picture today, our, our read her bio, and please read the review of her really lovely book. We're going to talk about the making of a mystic today. And some of you are saying, you're going to talk about what? When most of us hear the word mystic, our minds take us back centuries to find an old bearded man in a monk's robe, probably maybe with patches on it, living in isolation, devoted to a life of prayer and devotion to the divine. Sometimes they're begging for food. You know, it depends on what you've read, what your image is. I personally go to the Sufi poets Rumi and Hafiz and and saints like Teresa of Avila and St. Francis of Assisi. But Patty Fivette doesn't fit that image. And and I saw a picture of her. She does not look like an old bearded mystic. Uh, She says there's a modern mystic in each of us. Now, what does she mean by that? She defines the mystic in the beginning of her book as a person who has experienced a direct connection with the presence of God that exceeds ordinary description and is therefore deeply transformed. 
can somebody become a mystic in this world we have, this world of texting, television, rap, celebrity consciousness, and constant distraction and dysfunction? You know, you wonder. We're going to talk about this today. Patty Fivette is a North Carolina speaker, poet, and author who teaches others to appreciate life as an empowering spiritual adventure. Think about that. Our life is an empowering spiritual adventure. Her latest books are When Life Cried Out and The Making of a Mystic. She is a member of Spiritual Directors International, the Atlanta Writers Club, North Carolina Writers Network, as well as the National Association of Professional Women. Patty obtained her Master of Science and Doctoral Degrees uh, Doctorate of Philosophy and Metaphysics from the American Institute of Holistic Theology with an emphasis on the integration of body, mind, and spirit. She is an ordained minister and has completed extensive training as a Stephen minister, and I want to ask her what that is, as well as having advanced training in integrated energy therapy. She has also studied different types of intuition and it is my absolute pleasure and honor to welcome Patty Fivette to the Self-Improvement Show. Patty, welcome. Thank you, Irene. I really appreciate it. What a lovely introduction, too. I try. <laughs> <laughs> it's just delightful. <laughs> I'm in awe listening. Oh, you said I'm you very think. Touched. Who, Thank who, you very who much. Who is she describing? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Your name is Patricia, but you're called Patty Fivette. Who is Patty Fivette? You know, Irene, there are seven generations, true to the Southern style, everybody is named after an ancestor. There are seven generations of Patricks or Patricias in my family, and I am in the middle, and everybody was Pat. So I became P-A-D-D-Y. My mother was creative and was going to give me my own name, own nickname, anyway, (laughs) anyway. I was born in Southern culture, just outside the Okefenokee Swamp in in Waycross, Georgia, way down deep south, almost on the Florida border, where uh, shooing net, blowing nets, and swatting mosquitoes was uh, as normal as walking down the street. Um, but Irene, I was born with. An innate connection to nature, uh, to God. Um, I was a very intuitive child, but uh, I want to say, unfortunately, but I can look back now and say it all worked out well. But uh, nobody in my family understood that. So when I would say there's uh, my own three-year-old version for for uh, people without form standing at the edge of my bed, they would say it was just a bad dream. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or when I would say my oak tree, I had an oak tree that was given to me when I was born. The acorn was planted the day I was born. And and um, when I would say, oh, oak tree told me this, they would think it would be just a vivid imagination. And I had an imaginary friend that a lot of children do, but my imaginary friend had wings. <laughs> it was yes. <laughs> So, so my experiences were not validated, and they sort of went away. And I began to live life playing roles, 
that were expected of me. Uh, oh, don't um, we all? Don't we all? I think we all do, and there's a great awakening happening now, and I'm so glad. It's been going on for several decades, but seems to be an intensity right now these yes. last couple of months, don't you think, of people awakening to the difference between their sacred self and the roles that they assume are their selves? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes anyway, I- back to who is Patty. Well... I was doing the roles of of family, the roles of of a dutiful wife, and children got grown. They um, were off under their own lives, and so that role dissipated. Who am I? What am I about? Uh, what am I supposed to be doing? Where am I supposed to fit in? What's important to me? All those awakening questions that come to each of us in different forms, depending upon our circumstances. But but they began to, to hammer at my heart. And long story short, uh, I got to the point where if this was all there was to life, I did not want to live it anymore. And I talk about that in my first book, When Life Cried Out. But we're talking about my second book, The Making of a Mystic. Yes. Yeah. So, I, I want you to tell your story. and But right now, I just want to get, who are you? Um, repeat the question. <laughs> who are you? I am me. Yes. Yes. I am me. I am not the roles. The roles are an expression of me. And that's the difference. I am me. When you look at me, I stand tall at five feet one and a half inches, and I'm going to give myself that half inch because it counts. Yes, it does. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) I am a grandmother, and um, I'm a writer. I call myself a mystic because I tap into spirit a lot, and that is how I live. It's my life and my breath, and that is who I am. I am me. I am, on the spiritual term, I am spirit expressing itself as Patty Favette. I think that's the best answer I've ever had on this show. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. Yeah, you have such an interesting story. And what really spoke to me was that first conference with Carolyn Mace and the way you described your yourself, how fearful you are, the panic attacks, you know, and... You know, you you went there. Well, I'm going to let you tell why you tell us about that that life changing day. What you were like before and what happened, because was, it's such a lovely story. It was a life changing day. It actually was. That that's a very good way of putting it. it was a life changing day. I had gotten to the point that I was agoraphobic. I did not like to leave the house. But um, I am convinced through my own story and, and talking with, with other ladies who are discovering their sacred story and men that um, once you open up to spirit, you open up to a new way, you open up to something different, you open up to the higher power 
that we're all connected to, it will speak to you in the way that you can hear it. And that's the basis for the Carolyn Mace experience. She was coming to Atlanta. It was an hour and a half drive away. I was never afraid to get in the car and drive anywhere. That was not the problem. Uh, So I felt like I needed to go. Why? I had no idea. But the feeling was so strong that I went. But knowing I could not sit in an auditorium by myself... um, I made plans to meet a younger massage therapist, um, very tall, powerful man, who uh, had another client going. Well, I could sit with them. Okay, maybe there was some a measure of safety in that, and I could hear Carolyn Mace. Carolyn Mace was beginning her work on sacred contracts. Irene, I didn't know a sacred contract from a hole in the head back then. I understand. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. But there, so I walked in. Um, I was sitting in the auditorium. It was not easy to get in uh, the auditorium. I had to stop. And uh, the lady who was uh, who asked me uh, my name, I had even a hard time giving her my name. I was so overwhelmed. There must have been at least a thousand people in that room. Easy. And so I found the people I was to sit with in the middle of the morning, right before break. Um, the auditorium began to get very small, and I don't mean something like a Disney World ride where the room seems to shrink. Uh, I began to have a panic attack, and it was one of my, I will say it was one of my better panic attacks. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, my, my vision was going, my arms were going, there was no air in this room, it, the room was beginning to close down, anybody who, I mean, shut it down, anybody that gets smaller, uh, anybody who's had a panic attack knows about the tingling, the heart racing. It was just, there it was. And I got up, ran out of the auditorium. I had to get into the air, and I stood on the bridge right outside the door to the left of the door, and there was a railroad track. I was leaning over, trying to reach down to one of the rocks that was between the tracks, and it was at least two stories below me, and I was completely out of my head. I had no idea what was happening. And I'm going to stop you right there and let the audience wonder what on earth is going to happen because we need to go to break, and I want to leave them in a little bit of suspense. (laughs) This is Irene Conlon saying, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of the Self-Improvement Show. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Just before the break, we had our guest, Patty Fivette, hanging over a bridge trying to reach a rock two stories below. Um, Patty, take us from there. I thought if I could get the rock, that would anchor me into position. And knowing I could not get the rock, I reached anyway, and I literally was waiting on the train. If I was going to jump off the bridge, then I wanted to make sure it worked. I was going to wait till the train came. David knew I was in trouble, the, I mean, the friend. And he came in, uh, and he left the auditorium and came out, and um, he said, you're having a panic attack, come back in. He got me in. I sat back down. The lady who I did not know, who was sitting on my right, said, you're having a panic attack. Turn your back to me and I can help. And I promise you, Irene, she went up and down either side of my backbone. And the next thing I knew, the panic attack was gone, instantly gone. I looked at her and said, who are you and what do you do? And she said, I'm an allergy intuitive. I help people get rid of their allergies energetically. You are having an allergic reaction to the perfume from the lady sitting in front of you. And I realized right then, just just as strong as I possibly could know, that I was, while Carolyn Mace was wonderful, I was meant to go there to meet Susan. Yes. Maria. I was meant to go meet Maria. And uh, that's why I went. So uh, Spirit was answering my pleas for help. Well, I started going to Maria, and I began to uh, learn more about life and experience more of life as the allergies that were so debilitating would go away. I could walk down the aisle of the supermarket in the... uh, um, the aisle that has the, the fragrances and the cleaning products without without going into panic mode. And I could pump my own gas. And so I was learning how to be me physically through these things. But one day, life changed again. Maria said, Patty, I'm having some people to my house 
Uh, she was getting a doctorate. One of she's got several doctorates, but Maria was getting doctorate in metaphysics and getting a doctorate in uh, working with uh, Carolyn Mason, Norm Sheely, and and getting um, some of the energetic work, uh, um, whichever doctorate that was in energy medicine. Anyway, at the time, and she was going to have a course that she could get credit from at her house, and she needed twelve people. And she had 11. She bribed me with a couple of sessions, and I went. And I, my intuition was waking up. Uh, Maria later told me that she knew my intuition had been shut down as a child and that we can open up to it, you know, at, at any stage of our lives if we want to. And so I went. There were 11 of the most intuitive women I have ever met in my life in that room. The difference between them and me was they all thought it was a natural part of being one of God's children. And you thought it was way out. I thought it was way out in left field, and it scared the wee-wheelies out of me. And so there I was. And the thing that was interesting, Tina was the instructor, and the way Tina um, taught, I could do everything, I could do all the exercises. So I began to get comfortable, but the last exercise, the last day, changed my life. Shatina, the instructions were to write a question on the top of your paper that has bothered you all of your life. And... Then go into a quiet place in Maria's house and uh, do the deep breathing she taught us to do and and do your best to get into uh, as altered a state as you can. We were all novice. I was a novice anyway. And uh, just see if an answer comes or picture or knowing or, or something, however you can receive it. So I did that. I went in the corner of a bedroom and crossed my legs, pretending to be a Sufi mystic who knew what she was doing, and I didn't have a clue, <laughs> and wrote the question at the top of my paper. And the question, I'm going to uh, uh, give the question so that our listeners can identify with it in some way if they need to. Why do I never feel good enough? That was my question. Why don't I ever feel good enough? Why don't I ever feel good enough? And it came from the depth of my soul. And the next thing I knew, my hand was writing at the top of the page, and Irene, it was writing at the bottom of the page. It wrote in the middle of the page. It filled in spaces. It wrote incomplete sentences. It went back and filled it out. I was like a witness who was watching my hand write. I did not know what it was writing. But I witnessed and I let it happen. And then it was such a profound experience, such a profound experience, that I was in tears and I didn't even know what I had written or what had been written through me. And when I didn't go back to the to the group, Tina came and she said, Patty, it's okay, it's okay if it didn't happen. And I just burst out into tears and I said, but Tina, it did happen. It really, really happened. And Tina said, read it to me. When I read it, I read it for the first time. And Irene, I still read that one piece, and it's in the book, in that first section, and when I still read that piece, I, I call it castles, but when I still read that piece, I just, I'm touched, and I'm still touched all these, almost 15 years later, I'm, I'm just touched, imagined that 
you want to call it spirit, God, whatever, out and by, by any name, it's the same thing, cared enough about me to answer the question that I needed answered most? Can you give us sort of a summary of the answer? It is so beautiful in the book. Everybody should read this. I'm serious. But give us the gist of what the answer was. Yes, I can. It said, the world is filled with castles. And I have been perceiving that everybody else has a better castle. But it's a false perception that my castle is beautiful and it houses my soul. And that's, that's the, the essence of, of what that is. That don't look and think the grass is greener on the other side. I'm dumbing it down. But, but don't, don't look at something else and think it's better than you, that it has more talents than you. It was born gifted and you weren't. That uh, you've had a bad lot in life. Um, that your circumstances were horrible. And even if they were. You still have a beautiful, you are a beautiful castle, and you're resplendent in your love. You're resplendent in your grace. You are resplendent with the gifts that you have been given. But the world has taught you not to realize it, not to recognize them. And how did that change you? It opened my eyes. It opened my heart a little bit. It opened my awareness that there was a higher spirit that uh, I could contact, that I could maybe live through, that I could experience this this God, and could I do this again? Well, it's not something I did. Could I allow this question and answer type thing to happen again? Would this spirit care enough? Would God, I prefer God, would God care enough about me to answer another question? Oh, that's a great question in itself. It is. Yes. So, you know, so how did you then go back? I mean, it, it would take a little bit of courage. And I really want to share with my audience that I think you have tremendous courage to be so transparent and to put all of this out in front of the whole world because some of it is like reading somebody's love letter. I mean, it's so personal, so beautiful, so private, and and yet you've made made it available to all of us. I want to thank you for that. I mean, oh, it spoke I really so clearly that. to me. It I, took a lot of courage. I will say that it really took a lot of courage. <laughs> this was the book that I never thought I would share to anybody because it is so personal. There's a lot of psychology. There's a lot of spirituality in this book. There's a lot of me becoming, or should I say, awakening to the mystic that I really believe, the modern mystic that I really believe we all are in this society. And it was all quite very personal, and it's not grocery store, it's not typical conversation that you're in the grocery store line or anywhere else. No, even just to say, I'm a mystic, is a little scary. Well, it is, because people, I have even heard ministers say, there are no mystics in this society today. 
Well, then why are people in church if they're not there to get closer to God, if they understand themselves as spiritual beings having a life experience, not uh, people having a life experience trying to learn how to be a spiritual being? Um, uh, we're already spiritual. We just have to awaken to it. It's not something we do. We just have to awaken to it. So, uh, um, anyway, the, I started writing my questions. For instance, one of them is, uh, one of the questions is, I just opened the book real quickly, uh, the book Making of a Mystic real quickly. And how can I connect to you, God? How can I get closer? And I got an answer. Another one is, I'm gifted with five miraculous senses, but how can I use them to sense the divine? It's it's questions like that. Who or what is God? Uh, what is a soul? Is it something I have or something I am? Uh, they're, they're very, uh, and I got answers to these things. To these oh, things. and the answers are wonderful. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> the answers are wonderful. But they came through me. They didn't come from me because I wouldn't be asking the question if I didn't want to know what the answer Exactly. <laughs> On that note, we're going to stop here and take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear about this wonderful book, The Making of a Mystic. So stay tuned for more. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, voiceamericaempowerment.com. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Patty Fivette. We're talking about her book, The Making of a Mystic. Before the break, she was talking about how she did her first automatic writing and then some of the other questions and answers. So, 
Now, one of the questions that came to my mind was, how did this change then over a period of time? You started asking questions basically about yourself. You know, why am I not good enough kind of questions. How have those questions and answers evolved? They started with personal psychological questions, and uh, they, the questions began to change as the answers were leading me towards seeing and understanding myself as a spiritual being that I was having uh, some very interesting life experiences at the time. This and, just popped into my mind. Yes. Uh, a- as you progressed, were you also being given the questions? That's an interesting question. I would have to say they didn't come 100% from me. Okay. Yeah, because it it was like there was a a divine plan of some sort. Um, um, Did I create the plan with my intentions because I wanted to understand myself as a spiritual being? Uh, and that that was my intention. I wanted to be able to uh, live and learn and love and and um, laugh. I wanted to be happy. I wanted to to walk in tandem with God. So I I wanted those things, but I didn't know how to get there. So a question would just come. Sometimes it would come while I was dreaming, and I'd wake up in the morning and I would have written it down. So I think it was a combination of me opening up with some intentions and then God coming in, God's Spirit coming in and carrying me forth with those intentions. Mm. So like a co-creative process. That's the best I I can describe it. I started writing on a yellow legal tablet. And uh, just like I had done the first, I was afraid that if I, my own fears coming in, if, if I changed and did it a different way, that it wouldn't be as powerful. Uh, it was just a fear. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One day, I tried it on the computer. I typed my question on the computer and um, sat and, and went into my, my quiet space and the answer came, but I realized that I would have to either let the answer come through me while my eyes were closed, I can type without looking at the screen, or I would have to cover the screen up because as soon as I was looking at the answer, I would get out of the receiving mode and my editor <laughs> would come in and yes. dot my eyes and cross my T's and say something else, you know, or we've worded or something like that, you know, so my humanity would, would uh, interfere with the question. And so it, I did change it to the computer. But as I went along, to answer your question further, as I went along, they changed from uh, the psychological questions to questions more about about God. And I have them in the book so that they will be easy for the reader to understand, but they're not necessarily in the order that I received them. If I put them in the order I received them, it would have been too much of my own psychology. So, And it would not have been understandable, but every question is in there. So they are all in there, but I've organized it for the reader. But one day it changed even further. 
I was on my way in it to, well, I was in Atlanta, and I was, I had driven like an hour and a half to get to, uh, Dr. Maria's office, and she, um, uh, she was running behind. She'd had an emergency in her office, and she said it would be like 30 minutes or so. And so there was two huge, there were two huge oak trees outside in the little little grassy area um, outside in the little garden area. And so I went and sat down and leaned against one of the oak trees, and I was going to do a question and answer session then, and I broke at the top of my paper. Uh, I'm sitting here on the side of a busy street in Atlanta underneath an oak tree, and and uh, then I wrote, I wonder what it knows about life or something like that. And the next thing I know, I'm, I'm understanding the oak tree story. I know approximately it was a, a young seedling, you know, during the um, the war between the states and and uh, that the oak tree growing next to it was actually uh, grown from an acorn from this tree, and and I get lessons of of how to be a spiritual being in this world from these from this oak tree. Wow! And I thought, do what? <laughs> Am I nuts? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do what? And I just opened up and let it happen. And that's why so many of us don't. Uh, all these little stories come in my head. Oh, you can't do that. Oak trees can't talk. You know, it's just a thing growing, blah, 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 blah. On, on they go, these stories. And if you just sit down and open up, did the oak tree actually talk? Oh, let's be honest. Oak trees don't talk. Uh, but every living thing is, is an expression of God. We're all the same energy. Yeah. So God expressing itself as this oak tree actually had enough life and breath to communicate to someone that could receive it. So You've always been close to nature anyway, haven't you? I mean, I think I read that in your book. I was. Yes, as a child, I was. I used to love going into the Okefenokee Swamp with my father, and he would take me hunting. I would cry when he killed the birds. Oh. <laughs> but I loved being out in the in the woods and the forest with him, and I had my own little garden. Um, mother mother had the yard a yard man uh, dig the dirt and and so you know and turn it up so I could plant my I always had daffodils and pansies and the pansies to me each had unique expressions that that's back before before uh they they started making the hybrid uh pansies uh, they they had the little faces on them you know yeah. darkened places um the brown places and each pansy to me was was uh, a fun little happy face it was different faces, and and then of course I had what I called oak tree that was growing right there near that, and that that literally was my world, and it was it was so I guess yes I always have been close, but I, as I got married and grew up I lost that connection not because the connection wasn't there, it's because I tuned it out. You almost had to. I had to to survive, yes. I mean, especially in the South. Yes. Um, Bible Belt, and you don't talk to animals and plants, and God doesn't talk to you kind of directly. <laughs> you know? No. You know, when I was six years old, 
um, the Sunday school teacher showed me, or showed the class, a picture of people burning in hell, literally on fire. I don't and know why they do that. I don't know why they do that either. It didn't do me any good. I'll scared my kids to pieces. Yeah. And um, uh, she said, if you aren't good little boys and girls, this is what's going to happen to you forever. And and I looked at her at age six and said, then I'm going to believe in Santa Claus if God is that mean. And was <laughs> banished from Sunday well, school class. I was sent home all across the street to my grandmother's house. <laughs> you know, in tears. But I wasn't going to have any part of it. <laughs> yeah. So what else speaks to you? Where where else do you communicate? If you talk to trees, I don't mean that to sound funny, but, I mean, that's essentially what's happening here. Yeah, it's kind of You're getting communicated to, just, to through nature. Yeah, you just feel what the else? love of the tree and, and, and know some lessons from the tree. You know, it's, it's an interesting process. Um, as that was happening, my vibrational level increased. Uh, if you can remember, I'm not scientific, so I cannot tell anything in scientific words. It just will not come It's out of my head through my mouth. But it's just not there. But I rem- if you can remember looking at, in science classes, the pictures of the atoms and, and, and nucleus and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, and remember hearing that everything has a vibration, yeah. um, that they actually move. They're actually, I think they're called corpse now, and that they have discovered those teeny, teeny, tiny little particles that they say do not exist unless they are witnessed. Um, but they, everything has a vibrational level, and people have a vibrational level also. And a lower vibrational level is, is, is uh, you know, I would think someone that, that did harm to another person is working from a lower vibrational level. Yeah. And uh, a higher vibrational level, you can feel it. If you go in monasteries and things like that where where the, the monks or, or different holy spots that, that people come in, and you you can feel the difference. It's a higher vibrational level. Yes. Well, people have vibrational levels also. And I think as we awaken spiritually and as we grow spiritually, our own vibrational level gets higher. And it, I, I would think it manifests in different ways for different people because there's no two of us here on this planet. They're exactly alike. But the vibrational level is higher. And as my vibrational level would get higher, I began to witness... God realized at a deeper level that everything is an expression of God. That doesn't mean that that's all God is to me. To me, God is much more than that. But he expresses God, God, not he. God expresses in plants. God expresses as a flower. God, And this is how I began to understand things. And everything has its own vibrational level. And I would got where I would tap into the butterfly or tap into the leaves, tap into the plant, tap into the bird, meet it uh, at its own vibrational level. And if somebody says, how do you do that? I would have to say, I really don't think it's something you do. It's something you allow, and it comes through love. And yeah. if you want to connect oh. this way, then it is a loving experience. I cannot do it any other way. I have to open my heart and embrace 
fully and lovingly whatever it is that I am I want to witness. And then the poetry just starts. And it comes as poetry. It's such a high vibrational level that it's beyond sentences. It comes in phrases. And there have been many people who have studied this and have written about this, that yes, at a very high spiritual vibrational level, uh, what what do you do? You write poetry. It, it just comes like that. Because uh, the spiritual realm is so beyond, the numinous realm, it is so beyond ordinary words. It's just beyond yes. it. On that note, Patty, it's time for us to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk just a little bit more about your poetry. So stay tuned. We'll be back with more. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Patty Fivette. She's written this wonderful little book called The Making of a Mystic, and she's been so gracious to share some of her experiences with us, some that are very, very personal. And again, you know, I'm just grateful that she's so open to sharing these things with us. Before the break, we were talking about her poetry, and it's exceptional. I wish we had time to read some of it, but I would tell you to be sure you get this book. And when you get this book, you know, spend time in the poetry. Patty, you, you have a favorite. Do you think we could, it's a short one. Do you think we could just get that in? Yeah, I can. Just Uh, read that lovely little thing. Well, it was meant to be because I picked up the book and it just fell open to this one. (laughs) Okay, it's meant to be. Go for it. Yeah, we were talking during the break about this one, and I picked it up, and it just fell. It just opened. 
It's called Sojourner's Applause, and it's very short. From a modest swell at the tip of a twig through full green expression of leafy essence, leaves romance their fall splendor by singing hallelujahs in tones of crimson and gold. With a sojourner's quest of higher consciousness, they recognize the final notes of the wonderful cantata before falling to the forest floor in crispy applause for life. Oh, that is so lovely. And there's so many more. They're, they're so good. This book is so rich. I, I, what I want to say, and Will, is this book is rich in loveliness. Oh, that's uh, so sweet. Do you know, Irene, this was the book that was never going to be. I was doing uh, an, another book, and I had an editor that worked on the other book with me, and he called me one day, and he said, I had had one or two of these things, not not the poetry, but the questions and answers, and he said, how many of these have you got? And I said, lots. And he said, send them to me. And so I sent him a sampling of the tree of the of the quest- initial questions and answers, and then the, the tree, and then as it began to change into the poetry, and and he picked up the phone again, and he said, "That's the book you need to publish and start putting it together right now." <laughs> wow. Well, I, I agree that it was meant to be. I do. Now, the back at the end of the book, you talk about more about mysticism and you talk about everybody's a mystic you know know, it doesn't seem to me like a lot of people are mystics how can you say we all are mystic Uh, i'm thinking about people who murder and rape and do all those things they're not listening to their yeah. innate spirituality. They have closed down to it for one reason or another. Uh, um, I do believe that everybody is connected to God. And you can call it the universe. You can call it your sacred story. You can call it uh, um, God. You can call it uh, Yahweh. Whatever you want to call it. It's To me, it's the same thing. We just see it from a different perspective. It's like trying to look at all of the diamond at once. We cannot do that. We have to know it has a second side, another side. But, um, so it's all connected and uh, uh, I do believe this spirit is is forgiving and that we can turn our lives around it does not have to be uh with all the harsh realities that we see on the news it just does not have to be that way but right now it, uh, you know there's there's some that 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 react in that way so i write in part five of the book more about the process of, of mysticism uh the, the first section, the, uh, the process is, it's a lot about what I just said, about there's a greater spirit that loves you and cares for you, whatever you want to call, call it, and your first intention is to awaken to the truth of this divine connection. And um, I, I carry it through. These are things that uh, did not come totally from me. It came through me, and I reworded it so that it would be meaningful to anybody. And um, I, I talk about how, as mystics, this greater spirit is always greater than your perception of what it could be or is. 
and the love is more profound than you can ever imagine. You don't do mysticism. You open up to it. You awaken to it. You open up to it. The first thing you need to do is is um, um, awaken to the, the truth that you are divinely connected and you are loved uh, by this greater spirit and you are love. And it doesn't matter what the world has told you differently. The world, if the world has, in some way, has told you that you are something more than love, then you got a bad story. Don't listen anymore. Oh yes. What do you think is the most important thing you've learned from this? Oh. I, I know I just hit you with that, but... Yeah, you did, and that's fine. Um, number one, I don't always have to get it right. Whatever right is, I don't always have to get it right. I, it's okay if I trip. It's okay if I fall. It's okay if I do something and miss the mark. Um Straighten myself up, try again, accept my failures, learn from them, and keep moving forward. That's one thing I've learned. The next thing is that there's, well, this ties into the first one. There's no such thing as perfection. We're not going to always get it right. So accept that. And... I think those, for me, are two important things. Another thing uh, is that I really, really, really don't have to always be super strong. Oh, that's good. (laughs) In times where I feel weak or I can't do it or, or for one reason or the other want to throw my hands up in the air and run, run to the woods for solace, and uh, close my door and lock the, you know, bolt it shut and tell life to just go away for a little while. In times like that, then I know uh, when I feel very weak that there is a power that loves me that is greater than me and stronger than me and wiser than me and more loving than me that loves me and will move through me and help me get whatever it is done, accomplished, seen about, it'll help me move forward. It'll help me in my time of weakness. Oh, I have to say, wow. We are right up at the end of the show. I can't believe it's gone this fast. I wish we had another few hours. Unfortunately, we do not. So my last question is always, what's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? And maybe you just did, but what, what would you like to leave with them? I would like to leave with the mystic, uh, with the people of today. Isn't that funny? I just about said the mystics of today. And perhaps that is what I will say. I would like to leave with the mystics of today, whether you know it or not. I would like to leave them with the thought that they are, each of you that are listening and those that are not, are divinely connected. You're divinely created. You're divinely connected. You have talents that are beyond anything you even know about. You don't have to worry about how to do whatever it takes to be a mystic. Uh, Open up to what I call God's love. Open up to this. Find it in the birds, the trees, the flowers. 
Look into the soul of your your friend. Look into their eyes of your friend and see God living there. And I've got one more. Look into the mirror. Look into the mirror. Your love is there. Look into your eyes deeply. It's there. Feel it in your heart. It's there. Open up to it. Oh, Patty, thank you so much for being I've enjoyed with us this, today. Irene. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, it's been wonderful. Um, next week's guest, if I can see it on my page, <laughs> is Dr. Gail Brenner, who's going to be talking about the end of self-help. And I think you're going to find that quite Quite interesting, the end of self-help. It's been such a pleasure having you on today, Patty. We're going to have to do this again. I would love that. Thank you, Irene, for the opportunity. You're welcome. I love your show. I can't wait to hear the next one. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Patty Fivette, saying thank you so much for being with us today. Come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.